Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. We're asking you, God, that your power be revealed in us. You've already demonstrated and revealed your Holy Ghost to us, God. But God, we're looking for breakthrough today, Lord. We're looking for breakthrough. In your name I pray, amen. Let me talk about a couple things before we get into the message. First of all, I want to say thank you for being here, everybody. Thank you. The church looks much better with you in it. Amen? Some of you are quite handsome and and beautiful, so it's good to have you here. I'm not talking about you, Jeff, but everybody else. <laughs> I'm just kidding, brother. I love Jeff. It's good to have you, man. I mean that. But we just are so happy to be here, and we love you. And, and you being here just puts a smile on my face, and more importantly, puts a smile on God's face. Amen? Uh, tonight, we are going to be having a foot washing service. And I, I shared this on Facebook. Now, some people are like, like, Pastor, why are you doing foot washing? That's just weird. But we're going to talk about this, and I'm going to go over a brief explanation. But there's a reason why we do foot washing. First of all, Jesus said, do it. All right? He said, I want you to do this to each other just like I did it to you. So it's a sacrament. This is something that we do. And so I want you to be a part of this. And I'm going to go over a little bit about why we do it. When you come tonight, you don't have to do it. Maybe you just want to come and learn about it. But there is a blessing in doing it. God blesses us for being obedient to his word. Amen. And if he said do it, that means we should do it. Right. Does it, now, if you're not comfortable, again, I understand. There's no judgment or pressure on you to do this. But it's just something that every now and then we do because we feel like it's important. Just like communion, he said, this do in remembrance of me. That was a commandment, right? So we do communion. We haven't done communion in a while. I do it when I feel led of the Lord to do it. But we were going to do foot washing. Now, we've done it in the past, but it was just my wife and I washing people's feet. Now, the women are going to wash the women and the men the men. But tonight, we're going to wash each other's feet. Everybody, okay? You're going to be partnered up with somebody and it's very humbling. Some people are very uh, self-conscious about their feet. And I will tell you that this is humility. You have to humble yourself to do this. And it's hard. And, and having your feet washed is harder than washing someone else's feet. It's very difficult to do. But it's a commandment from the Lord. And if you want to read further on this, it's in John chapter 13. I believe it's the first eight verses where he does this. And he talks about do this unto yourselves as I have done unto you. All right, so that's number one. Uh, number two, I will be traveling out uh, tomorrow morning at 1.30. I'll be going down to San Antonio, Texas for a denominational conference. Uh, this conference, we're dealing with some very difficult matters that affect our denomination. So I'm going to ask that you pray for me. Pray for me as I go down. We're discussing things about females and leadership, which I support. Uh, we're going to be discussing some other things that need to change within our denomination, and everybody recognizes that. doesn't mean we're a bad denomination, but we just want to, we want to make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You love the Lord this morning? Amen. All right. Anybody asleep yet? Good. You won't be asleep long. I'll be ready to get preaching. You know how I do when I start preaching. I start yelling and screaming. <laughs> Amen? Amen. It's good to have you this morning again. So uh, the past month, uh, we've been talking about taking back what is yours. Amen? 
Uh, I, I've used this example several times. Has anybody ever had anything stolen from them? Uh, when I was, uh, I, I think it was maybe in uh, fourth or fifth grade, maybe sixth or seventh, I don't remember, I was young, uh, my dad had a boat. And it, to be honest, it was the ugliest boat ever, but it was a boat nonetheless, right? And, and he parked it in the, uh, in the parking lot of the apartments that we were staying at. And I got up one morning to take my dog out, and the boat was gone. And, and it, was a, it was an important boat because my grandfather had given it to us, and it had some uh, sentimental value, and we never sell that boat again. It was just gone, right? And so it, it, it's frustrating to have things stolen from you, right? How many are willing to agree with me that the enemy, the devil, and his minions has stolen from you your whole life, amen? He's stolen happiness from you. He's stolen years away from you. He's, he's stolen your happiness. I think I said happiness away from you. He's stolen finances away from you. Because maybe, maybe we've given ourselves over to addictions that we can't seem to control. Or maybe things happen in our youth as children. Maybe things happen to us and he's stolen our joy. He's stolen maybe our children. Maybe he's stolen our family. And I don't know about you, but I am tired of being stolen from. It's time for us to take back what the devil has taken from us. Amen. We've got to be willing to go to war and take back. And that's why he says in Romans chapter 8 verse 37, read this with me. This is my verse this entire month. Yet in all these things, see that word, all. What does that word mean, all? Does anybody know what that means? That means everything. Everything. Not just part of the things, not just some of the things, not only a couple of the things, but when the Lord says all, he means all. Amen. He wants you to know from A to Z, it includes everything. Amen. When he said all, from the first to the last, the alpha and the omega in all these things. Amen. If you're going through financials, that is part of the all. If you're going through family hurt, that is part of the all. If you need healing in your heart, because you've been hurt by somebody that is included in the all. Amen. If you got family that is not serving God, if you got people that are coming after you, that it is included in the all. In all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. See, to this point, we've been talking about how to win our battles. Some battles are won with repentance. Some battles are won with worship. We talked about that, remember? Some are won, so God just receives the glory. In all of these battles, you saw where the Lord did all the work, amen? But today, today we're going to talk about God inviting you to be a part of that battle. We're going to talk about God telling you to pick up that sword. It's time to get swinging. How many are tired of the enemy coming in and raking you over the coals? Amen. It's time to pick up that sword and start swinging. Sometimes what we do is we, we just want God, God, you just take care of it all. But where's the fun in that? I want God to invite me to be a part of the battle so I can watch the enemy to be defeated by my hand. Amen. Wait a minute, pastor. That's, that's, that's prideful. No, it's not. We're going to talk about David today. He says, God, can I help? Can I help God? Can I be a part of this? And God said, Yes, you can. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of the battle that wins Juno to the God. Amen. I want to be part of the battle that wins my family to God. I want to be part of the battle 
where God takes this church to the next level. I don't want to sit on the sidelines. I don't want to be the water boy, so to speak. I don't want to, to be just hidden away. And God says, I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember. Put me in, coach. That's what I'm going to say this morning. Put me in, coach. I want to fight for what God has for this church, what God has for my life. Amen? See, David, David was dealing with the Philistines. Now, remember, we talked about in Samuel where the Philistines have gotten rid of. They were, they were vanquished. Samuel had defeated them. How many knows that we never really truly defeat the devil until Jesus comes back, okay? We're always going to contend with the devil. And the Philistines represent the devil. They, they represent the devil. And sometimes they were used to correct Israel because they were not obedient to God. Philistines hated Israel. Now, to kind of give you some context, there's a debate going on right now. You are all aware of the, the, the battle that Israel has today with the Palestinians, right? There's some debate, and a lot of people feel this, and they've done some lineage, that the Philistines are the ancestors of current Palestine. And so there's always this battle. They've hated each other because it's a battle over territory. The Palestinians say, or the Philistines say, this is my territory. And Israel saying, no, God gave us this territory. Amen. And I want you to know right now that the enemy is looking at you and saying, no, you can't have that victory today because I own that territory. And now we're going to learn today. We're going to look the enemy square in the eye and say, no, bless God. God has given me that territory. That is God's, not yours. That is God's, not yours. See, the enemy will claim ownership over something that's not his. When my kids were small as toddlers, they would take something in their hand and they'll say, mine, mine. And you try to give it back to them. No, that's mine. No, they would fight over it like they owned it, right? And you'd have to chase them down and pry it out of their hands. And the devil loves to claim territory. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And I want you to remember, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I want you to understand that everything is of God. Everything is from God. It was his to begin with, and he can give to whoever he chooses. I want you to know that this day, he has given you happiness. This day, he has given you joy. This day, he has given you the Holy Ghost. This day, he has given you the salvation of your family. This day, he has given you financial freedom. Amen. This day, he has given you the desires of your heart. This day has freed you from the burden of sin. That's what God has given you. But the enemy sitting back going, no, no, no. You can't have it without a fight. Well, that's God. I'm ready to fight. I don't know about you. I'm ready to smack some swords together. And guess what? My sword is stronger than anything the enemy can come up with. My sword is the word of God. But see, the enemy, they constantly tried to subdue Israel. They constantly tried to keep him down. As a matter of fact, read this verse with me in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 19. Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, Let the, lest the Hebrews make swords or spears. 
All right, so I'm, I'm going to try not to preach here because I have other stuff to get to. But let me tell you something. That's what's wrong with the church today is that we're not making each other sharp and accountable in the house of God. Amen. We're so focused on ourselves that we've lost the ability to encourage one another and hold each other accountable. And what's absent from them is anybody who is presenting and living the word of God. Amen. We lack the word of God in the church today. I want you to know the reason why we open up with scripture is because sometimes that's the only scripture anybody heard the whole week. Amen. That's why we do that. We got to have the word of God in our lives. Iron sharpens iron. Amen. Iron sharpens iron. And we need the accountability. We need the word of God in the house of God today. We need the word of God. Amen. We need men and women, not just the pastor. Not just the pastor. We need men and women willing to stand up and profess the word of God. We need men and women willing to stand up and live the word of God. Amen. We need men and women willing to stand up and know the word of God. Amen. That's where we lose our battles. Remember what Jesus used when he was tempted of the devil? He used the word of God. Amen. He used the word of God. He didn't try to karate chop him. He didn't try to talk to him with nice words and good feelings. He used the word of God. He used the word of God to say what needed to be said. Brothers and sisters, the word of God is all that matters in the church today in a sense that we must use it to fight. Amen. We must use it to fight. See, the words that I say, I'm always fallible. I can say the wrong thing, but the word of God is not fallible. The word of God never makes a mistake. The word of God is true. It is true. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. If you want to win a battle, then we got to get the word of God out. We got to get the word of God. Anybody else getting hot in here besides me? Good gracious. Hallelujah. You believe the word of God or the spirit of God is moving through here today? I believe that God wants to do something in your life. I believe that God wants to use you this morning. Amen. But see, the Philistines, they had just killed Saul. They had just killed Saul's son. They had wiped out the whole king. And that really rocked Israel when they, that happened because Saul was anointed, right? He was anointed of God. But just because he was anointed of God didn't mean that he lived right, did he? Remember, Saul consulted a medium, which is a, someone who was able to, to bring people back from the dead, although technically they're not coming back from the dead. It's a demonic. But at that point, God, I'm not going to get into that. Just know that it happened. It caused confusion this morning. Saul lived a life that wasn't holy. He tried to kill David, and David was also anointed. And what happens in the church is we see people who have fallen because of the enemy, and it causes us to doubt, like, well, if they fell, then what about me? What we need to remember is that judgment begins at the house of God. Judgment begins at the house of God. And God is going to judge those who proclaim to be leaders, but are living a life that is not right before God. Amen. God's going to expose them. And he's already done that. Remember Jim Baker? Remember what happened to him? Remember Jimmy Swagger? What happened to him? Now, praise God, Jimmy Swagger seems to be restored. But you have other faith leaders. There was a pastor of a church in Colorado. He was exposed. The devil took him out. And day after day, it seems like faith leaders are coming out and say they don't even believe in God anymore. You know why? 
because they forgot about the word of God. They forgot about the word of God. And that's what Saul did. He forgot about the word of God. But God rose up a new man. His name was David. God rose him up. He was a shepherd. He was humble. He sought to, to love God. He sought to serve God. He sought to fight for God. See, David was finally where God wanted him to be when he finally decided to use him. 2 Samuel chapter 5, 17. This is what I'm getting to. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel. All right, let me stop here for a second, okay? The enemy knows more about your life than you do. He knows when you pray. He knows when you read your Bible. He knows when you watch things that you shouldn't watch. He knows. Because the enemy has assigned demonic spirits to you just to disrupt your life. Okay, everybody with me on that? He is, he's assigned demonic spirits to just upset your life and, and to keep you in bondage and keep you scared. The enemy doesn't really care if you go to church. He doesn't like it. What he really hates is when you begin to exercise your faith and take control of things around you through the Spirit of God. He knows these things, and he's coming to defeat you because what he's heard about you in this church, what he's heard about you, are you ready? He's heard that you're anointed. He's heard that God has placed a calling on your life. He has heard that God is looking at you and going, hey, I'm about ready to use that person. I'm about ready to move in their life. And the enemy's like, oh, wait a minute. I can't allow that to happen. I can't allow that to happen. So I'm going to muster all of my enemy and I'm going to go defeat them. When the enemy heard about David, praise God. When the enemy heard about David, he gathered all his forces and he went down there. And that's what it feels like to some of you today. You feel like everything's coming against you. And you don't know a way out. And I want to tell you this morning, you're not alone. People have been where you are right now. They've been there. But I'm going to tell you, victory is at hand. Amen. Victory is at hand. Victory is at hand. You just got to take it. God has anointed some of you for ministry. God has anointed some of you to go out and be witnesses for him. God has anointed you for some of you to serve in the church. Do not let the enemy take your anointing like you like did with Saul. Do not let the enemy take something from you again. It is time to take back what is yours. Amen. He, as soon as they heard that David was anointed over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. See, I believe, I believe that God's raising up a new generation. Now, when I say a new generation, I'm not talking about age, okay? I'm talking about a spiritual generation. A generation that is ready to fight and not cower. A generation that believes God for what he says. A generation that wants something more. A generation that desires a move of God. They're tired of hearing about a move of God. They want a move of God. Amen. A generation that is tired of church just being church. They want church to be the church where it says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. They want to see their friends and their family say they want to see miracles come. Amen. But to do that, we got to be the church. 
We can't just put it all on the pastor and say, okay, pastor, that's you. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus said he called all of us. Amen. Amen. Jesus called all of us. Amen. Come on now. Let me say it again. Jesus called all of us. Amen. He didn't say to Keith, he didn't say, Keith, greater things you will do than me. No, he said to all of us, greater things you will do. Amen. All of you, greater things. Now, let's think about that for a second. Did Jesus heal people? Blindness, right? Did, did Jesus heal, heal leprosy? Did, did Jesus restore families? Did, did, Jesus, did Jesus raise someone from the dead? Not once, not twice, not three times. Jesus rose people from the dead. Amen. Jesus was a walking miracle factory. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I haven't seen any of that stuff in the church like we need to see it in the church. Amen. God is looking for people who will stand up and say, I believe. I believe. See, here's the great thing. God can do everything by himself because he's that powerful, but he chooses to use us as earthen vessels. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? Because some of us have been talked down about our whole life. We don't feel like we're worth anything. We, we've been, you know, some people may have called you stupid or ugly or other words that I don't need to get into. And let me tell you, the enemy loves to spew forth garbage. And I'm going to tell you, that's all it is, is garbage. Some of you need to take out the trash, okay? You need to take out the trash that's been said over your life and realize that God doesn't see you that way. But God sees you as a mighty warrior. God sees you. You know, I, he sees you with these ripped spiritual muscles. So I'm, just, I'm trying to explain this in a way that maybe makes sense. I mean, look at me with my ripped muscles, okay? He see, okay, maybe don't look at me like that. Some of you are kind of creeping me out. <laughs> Have you ever seen a soldier, their, their, their strength and their focus, their focus is on the enemy. Their focus is on what needs to be done, amen? Their focus is on fighting. And the Lord has called you to be a part of that. He says, come on over here. I'm going to do all the work, but I'm going to let you be there with me when I do it. I remember the greatest memories I had is when my dad would take me to work. One time he took me to work. He was a security guard at a truck factory. And, and uh, I got to go with him. And we would ride around on that little car. We would ride and check on the trucks and all that. And I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. My dad did all the work. I mean, he, he said, okay, here's his flashlight and look out for burglars. I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, no, there's none, but just in case, the flashlight. But I mean, I love that. It was so awesome to, to be there with him and I got to hang out with him. And, and it was, I love that. It, but it's the same thing with God. We get to be a part of what he's doing. God doesn't want you to just come in and sit down and not like you just sit back and receive. No, what happens when we do that is we get fat. Amen. We get fat spiritually. We get fat spiritually. You can look at me and say, Pastor, maybe you need to push away from the table a little bit. Amen? 
And what happens spiritually, maybe we need to stop worrying about getting fed, although you should always be fed, but some of us are getting fed too much, and we need to enact the will that God has for our lives. Amen? We need to fight the fight. Amen? We need to look back on the day that we pass and say, I have fought the good fight. Amen? I have fought the good fight. I have done what God has asked me to do, and I will tell you today, you have to ask yourself that question. See, God has anointed you, and the enemy recognizes that anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. The anointing sets people free. The anointing could set this city on its heels. I've been reading about the revivals in the 1800s and 1900s, and you know the, the thing about every revival that they said? is that the bars were shut down, not because they went and protested. you know why they were shut down? There were no customers. Come on. Oh, pastor, alcohol is destroying our city. Yes, I agree with you. It needs to be shut down. How do we do that? Prayer. We need to quit protesting, and we need to get on our knees. We can do more in one hour on our knees than you can with one day in protesting, one week in protesting, one year in protesting. We cannot legislate morality, amen? We need the bars shut down. We need Planned Parenthood shut down, amen? We need everything in this town to be shut down. And that only happens. It only happens when we commit ourselves to the Lord and we have revival, amen? Because some of us maybe like to go to church and then maybe we like to go to the bar and have a little drink or two. We need the bar shut down. We need people on fire for God. Pastor, what do you have against drinking? Well, I'm going to tell you what I have against drinking. It's because I've seen drinking destroy families. I've seen drinking destroy people's lives. I've seen drinking do things to young children that should never be done. I've seen drinking take over people's lives. They become addicted to it. Well, that's the only thing they can have is alcohol. Brothers and sisters, when that comes to that point, you should have never gotten there. But when it comes to that point, alcohol has become your idol. If you need alcohol to calm down, then you need idol. God, forgive me for the times that I turned to something else to bring me peace instead of him. Amen. Whatever that is, it is an idol. We don't need comfort from anything else. We need comfort from the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need comfort from the Holy Ghost. We can set this city on its heels. We can set this city on its heels. We need to quit talking about saving Juno, and we need to save Juno. Amen? We need to go out there. We need to tell people. And I want to tell you, this is you this morning. Jesus was talking about himself, but the anointing on you. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Chapter 4, verses 18 and 19 in Luke. The Spirit of the Lord. No, praise God. Woo. If I take off running, put your heels in so I don't hurt your feet in, so I don't trip over you. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And listen what happens when the, when the Spirit of the Lord, because He has anointed me. And see, the same thing that I feel, you can feel too. You can feel too. This isn't just because I'm the pastor. This is for everybody, okay? Everybody, look at yourself. It's for me. Come on, say, it's for me. It's for my neighbor. 
It's for the person that I hate. It's for the people that I love. This is for me. He has anointed me. What does he anoint you to do? To preach the gospel to the poor. Poor here doesn't necessarily reflect social economic class. It reflects people who are broken in their spirit. But it also means the poor. You know what? Pentecost came to people who were marginalized and forgotten. Pentecost came to people who were overlooked and made fun of. There's some people in this town that people have put down and made feel bad about themselves. I don't know what it is about people. They seem to enjoy causing people to feel bad about themselves. They, they put things on social media that are just difficult to deal with. But I want to tell you today that people have only done that because they're jealous of what God's about to do in you, okay? I want to tell you this morning, if you'll forget about the noise, so to speak, if you'll forget about all those things that are being done and realize that God has anointed you to preach the word to the poor, amen? And I want to tell you, you can expect to be made fun of. You can expect for people to come out against you. And sometimes those people who come against you are even people that you know who claim to go to church. And I will tell you, just because they come to church doesn't mean they're of God, okay? I want to tell you that right now because sometimes the enemy sleeps in or seeps in. And I want to tell you that right now you can be anointed and know that though you may be fun of, though you may be persecuted, though, though it may seem like a trial, God is going to give you the victory. You are anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. <laughs> Man, <laughs> God, you got to help me. Whew. Man, wouldn't it be awesome if our prison shut down because all the inmates got saved? Wouldn't it be awesome? If the churches in this town had to go to multiple services because they couldn't handle the number of people, wouldn't it be awesome if some of those pastors were so focused on social justice and allowing everything into their church except God that they would open up and reject those things and begin accepting God? Wouldn't it be awesome if all the drug dealers had to leave or maybe got saved themselves? All the pedophiles had to leave or they got saved themselves. Wouldn't it be awesome... It's safe we close down that liquor part of the store and turn it into a prayer room for the employees. What if the state, what if the state of Alaska would quit worrying about everything else and focus on developing the state to be a godly state, amen? Oh, pastor, we can't have, you know, Christian government and religion. Listen, we need to quit saying that. That's not what the forefathers intended, and I don't have to go into that now. Listen, we don't want the state telling us how do we worship. We want the state allowing us to worship. Amen? We need to focus on saving people and winning them to God. Amen? We need to lift up the single mother who has children that doesn't know how she's going to feed her kids. We need to stop harassing people. We need to stop making fun of people. And we need to reach out with arms of love and say, though you slap me and slap me again, I will put my arms around you and love you. Though you make fun of you, though you do things against me that hurt me and my family, I'm going to love you. I'm going to receive you. I'm going to accept you. I'm going to believe in you because I know what God is doing in your life. He has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. 
Man, there's a lot of people in Juneau that can't see, can they? They believe that their lifestyle is okay. I believe the Spirit of God is going to move so strong that someone is going to realize this, and they're all going to go down and repaint that sidewalk downtown. We're not going to need to do it. They're going to do it. See, David inquired of the Lord, 2 Samuel chapter 5, 19. I'm closing here. David inquired of the Lord. Man, that's what we need to do. We need to ask God, don't we? We need to inquire of the Lord. You notice everything I'm saying is sitting around reading God's word and having a personal relationship with him. You guys realize that, right? So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? In other words, in other words, can I help? Can I help? Can I be a part of that? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. Mm. You know what David called that place? He called it Baal Perizim. Now, you're probably thinking, why is pastor talking to me in Hebrew? I'm going to tell you why. Because that word... Are you ready? That word means master of breakthrough. Oh, man. I'm going to say that again because I want to make sure you got this. That word, that word, see, words mean something. Words mean something. That word means master of breakthrough. Some of you are so bound up. You're so bound up with fear. You're so bound up with worry. You're so bound up with shame because of whatever's happened to you or maybe things that you've done. And God says, I've already delivered you from that. that. That's not even an issue anymore. I have delivered you. But here comes the enemy. Here comes the enemy. He goes, hey, remember when you did this? And you got to have that cringe moment like, oh, man, I can't believe I did that. And the devil just starts talking to you and talking to you. Yeah, yeah, everybody saw that. Everybody, yeah, you're being made fun of. Oh, and then he's talking to you and talking to you. And the Lord says, what are you doing? I've already delivered you from that. I've already, come on now. I've already delivered you from that. I have already taken that enemy and destroyed him. I've already, I've already destroyed that enemy. And so right now, right now, there needs to be a master of breakthrough in your life. There needs to be a breakthrough in your life. Whatever's holding you back, whatever's keeping you captive, the Bible calls out your name. Just like you did with Lazarus. Remember what you did with Lazarus? He called out Lazarus because you're dead inside. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And then he just didn't stay there. He said, loose him and let him go. Woo! He said, loose him and let him go. 
See, I feel this in my spirit today. Some of y'all need to be loose. You need to be loose because you are dead. And God raised you from the dead, but you're still walking around with all those bandages on because you're dying inside. See, when God heals you, he doesn't do it halfway. God heals you. He has delivered you. And it is time for a breakthrough. It is time for a breakthrough. It is time for God to do something in you that you've never even seen before. It is time for you to receive healing. It is time for you to receive the Holy Spirit. Whatever you need. See, I I mentioned this Wednesday night in a different context. I love Thanksgiving dinner. But man, some of y'all come to church and there's a big banquet put in front of you and all you do is eat the soup and a cup of water and you go home. Man, I tell you what, if I see some turkey and ham, I'm eating me some turkey and ham, okay? If I see some herring eggs, I'm going to eat me some herring eggs, okay? Maybe just a little bit because I haven't quite achieved that taste yet. If there's some smoked salmon, I'm going to eat some smoked salmon, amen? If there's some kelp with rice, I might go to something different. <laughs> the point is, is God has laid a, blank, a, a banquet ahead of you. And he's saying to you, be free. Be free. Be free because I want to use you to fight the battle. Would you stand with me, please? Man, it is so good to see all of you today. I mean that. It is so good to see you. How many are ready to get rid of their hurt? Does anybody else enjoy hugging a cactus? I don't. You know what? You know what? I like to hug something soft, like silk sheets. It helps me to go to sleep, right? We need to be delivered from our hurt and our pain. Amen? Amen. We need to be delivered. We need to allow God to be the master of our breakthrough. So here's what we're going to do. If you need healing in your body, amen? If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your spirit, if you need healing and you want God to use you in a breakthrough, I want you to come forward right now. Come on, don't wait. Stop. Come, 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 come. I need my prayer team to come forward, please. Come on down. See, come on down. 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 Come down, will you? Look at this. Look at what God's wanting to do through our people today. Look at what God is doing through our people. If listen, our elders, if you want to come down, you can just sit on that front row. We, we got you. We know you're here. Amen. We know you're here. We love our elders. Now, give me a second. I'm overwhelmed a little bit because I see what God's doing in this church. Man, sometimes we focus on the wrong things, don't we? We focus on, on things that we shouldn't focus on. And, and we get a judgmental spirit, don't we? 
But man, look what God is doing. People, people are saying, I'm tired of being defeated. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Can we just take a moment and just thank God for that? Can we take a moment and say, thank you, God, for what you're doing? Thank you. Now, this is what I want you to do. This is going to sound super crazy, and we've done this before. I want you to take that thing in your life that's holding you back. Right here, hold it. That thing that's holding you back. You got it? Hold it. Pray with me. Father, right now, we give this to you in the name of Jesus. We give it to you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, say it. Say it. I give it to you in the name of Jesus. I want to be free. I want to be free right now. I want to be free right now. I want to be free right now in the name of Jesus. I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free, God. I want to be free in the name of Jesus. I want to be free in the name of Jesus. I proclaim it right now in the name of Jesus. I proclaim it in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus. All right. Now, everybody look at me. Every one of you who came down here, okay? Here's where the faith comes in. Because you're going to walk out of here and you're not going to feel the same as you walked in. Okay? Right now, there's an emotion there and that's okay. But when you walk out, you're going to go, what? I didn't feel anything. That's where it requires faith. Let me tell you what faith is. When you go back to your chair, do you believe that chair is going to hold you up? Why? Because it's a sturdy chair, right? The same God who gave man the knowledge to build that chair is the same God who can hold you up when you go home, okay? The same God can deliver you and include you in the battle to defeat your enemy. Are you ready to win some battles? Now, we're going to go to the second part of this. What's the battle that you're facing? I know some of your battles because I've been with you. We're going to ask God right now to deliver those battles. Are you ready? Say, I want you to raise your hand and say, God, I submit myself to you. God, by my hand, by my hand, I want you to do this battle. I want to win this battle, God, in the name of Jesus, by my hand. Hallelujah. By my hand. By my hand, Lord, I want to win this battle right now in the name of Jesus. Cut the music for a second. Thank you, Lord. Come on, sing with me. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. Sing with me now. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. Come on, sing it out loud now. I just want to, come on, shout it out now. Thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me, Lord. I just want to, I just want to thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank, come on, shout it out. Thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you right now, God. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you, Lord. Take a couple seconds and just begin to thank him in your heart. Begin to thank him in your heart for what he's done in your life. Begin to worship him. Just give him glory. Come on, church. Give him glory for what he's done for you right now. Give him glory. Raise your voices and give him glory. Give him glory right now. In the name of Jesus, we give him glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone... Everyone look at me. 
Everyone look at me. Do you feel do you feel the battle that you want to win? What's the battle you want to win? You got it? You know the battles? Come on, say it in your mind. You got it? Right now in the name of Jesus, you've won that battle. Okay, right now in the name of Jesus, you've won that battle. Right now in the name of Jesus, you have won that battle. Praise God. Tonight, we're going to be doing foot washing, like I said. I know some of you may not understand, and that's okay. We're not, we're not here to make any... Well, I take that back. I am here to make people uncomfortable. That's kind of my job. But tonight, we're going to explain what foot washing is. And Will, if you want to add anything to that, you can. But we encourage you to be here because it is an incredibly special moment to do that. Will, come close this out, please. Thank you. God bless you guys. We love you. Hey, everybody, grab hands. Let's grab hands. listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.